Hello, Forever Family. My name's Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor. I want to share a special message with you today. This is one that was from a sermon, and it was shared with Asheville United Methodist Church. After getting several responses from people, I just thought, hey, maybe this is one I need to throw out on the podcast and share, and uh, would love to hear from you. If there's something in it that speaks to you, please let me know. Amen. Gosh, this morning it's, it doesn't feel like November. I, I feel like we still need to be like February. I, I, I feel like I've lost almost two years, even though we're here and the calendar says we're here. And can I just be honest that I'm thankful that my clock on my phone changed by itself and I didn't have to find that setting. It's the little things at life that make me happy. <laughs> but as we head into November, this is the month of Thanksgiving. And while every month should be a month of Thanksgiving, we're looking at Advent coming up soon. And we need to center our hearts in the emotion of Thanksgiving for everything that Christ has done, the Holy Spirit is doing, and that God will do in our lives. Amen? Amen. But can we have a little church this morning? <laughs> Every time I bring a message, the Holy Spirit brings me through a pruning process. He steps on my toes some. And this morning, we're looking at, and actually the next couple of weeks, we're looking at all the things that try to steal our light and leave us in darkness. Today, we're going to look at unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will try to steal our light and leave our hearts desperately seeking hope in darkness. So now, before anybody says, hey, I wish so-and-so was there here because they need to hear this message, don't check out just yet. Because I believe that God may be preparing you to be in a conversation with someone else that is dealing with unforgiveness. It never fails. I Just two days ago, I was in a conversation with someone. And I'll be honest, it was real nice to come up here on Thursday and crank out this sermon. And the Holy Spirit's talking. And I'm typing as fast as I can. And you don't want to tell them to slow down. But you kind of need them to slow down a little bit. Because, you, you know, it's... And then I leave church. And I go to the gas station. And there's someone in front of me. And they're weeping. I don't usually jump into conversation, but when the Holy Spirit's doing this to you, you're kind of like, okay, fine. Hey, how are you? <laughs> and you hope that they don't turn and like just take it all out on you. But this person had just been wronged by someone near and dear. And they just needed to be heard. Yes. And many times the greatest gift we can give is just being present. Yes. 
Now that person didn't have to let me in. But the Holy Spirit knew that they just needed someone to be present while they were battling unforgiveness. So there's going to be a test after this, not given by me. The test will come on that day when the ultimate teacher sets us all down. By the rabbi who robbed the grave for each one of us so that we could, amen. Well, I told you, we're going to have a little bit of church today, I'm telling you. But before we dive into today's message, let's go ahead and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious and merciful Lord, we come to you with humble hearts on bended knee. Lord, you called us, you forgave us the things that were so inexcusable, but you forgave us. God, for too long we have we've kept you out of the areas of our life where we've allowed things like unforgiveness to dwell. Lord, you know we're sinners. We cannot prune those areas on our own. So as we stand here in your presence, we're reminded that you sent your son to die for our sins. Your mercy flows for each of us in spite of our faults and our fears and our failures. And Lord, your word in Colossians says to clothe ourselves with love which binds all of us in perfect harmony. Lord, help us demonstrate this. Help us demonstrate your unconditional love today and every day going forward. Even when those that hurt us don't acknowledge it. Lord, we ask that you break those chains of unforgiveness. Lord, may your word just saturate our minds and our emotions and our actions as you guide us through this journey to eternity. Help us to release any hurt that we are holding on to so that we see our offenders through the eyes of your son who died for each of us. We're all your children. We all desire to be with you and not to perish. And that is your desire. But God, you need to just help us prune these areas. We ask for your healing, mercy, grace, and forgiveness to wash over us and change our hearts through your healing hands. We ask all these things in the precious and holy name of your risen son, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So today's scripture is Hosea 14. And we're actually going to read through the whole chapter. So if you will, please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able. Now I'm nearsighted and farsighted, so even with glasses and without glasses, that's hard to see. So I'm going to read from here, so my words may be slightly off. Verse 14, or chapter 14. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquities. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away our iniquities, accept what is good, and we will pay with bulls and vows of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses. We will say no more, our God to the work of our hands. In you, the orphans find mercy. I will heal them. I will love them freely, freely from their anger, which has turned them. I will be like the dew of Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. 
He shall take root like the tree of Lebanon. His shoots shall sprout out. His beauty shall be like the, the olive and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have you to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like the evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know these things. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the right walk with them. But transgressors stumble in them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise Thanks be to God. be to God. You may have a seat. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we ask that your we ask that you pierce our hearts with your word. Prune us in our iniquities. Help us to breathe in your mercy and your grace so that we can exhale your agape. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your Son. Amen. So the word iniquities appears 47 times. But it's in the Old Testament. So in Hebrew, this word means fault, means mischief, means sin, means deserving of punishment. Now the prophet is pleading with the people to repent and to walk in the blessings of God. So let's break this down and look. So verse 1 through 3. This is what Israel, or we, should say in our repentance of our iniquities. First, in order to return to the Lord, we must come into his presence on his terms and not ours. Amen. God says, when you return to me, take words with you. I want you to return to me, not in silence and not with your heart filled with silence, but with proper words of repentance and trust in me. So in other words, we don't bust in the door into God's presence and start going, well, you see what happened, God? Well, what happened was, um, and then uh, he knows what we did. And I'll tell you, this, this still strikes with me anytime scripture talks about going into the presence of God because one of the times I served in the jail ministry, which was right over here in Asheville, and I walked in and we would always try to, to get the, the ladies to pray as we left. We didn't want to be the only ones praying. So we had a lady, she goes, yeah, I'll pray, no problem. Okay, so we all bowed our hands, and I hear, Yo, God! And I, I, I'll be honest, I felt my knees tremble a little bit. And I'm thinking, we're about to have lightning hit us. But that was her everyday language. God knew that. That wasn't my language to God. So many times, we're real quick in those instances to tell somebody they're wrong. God just says prayer is communication over and over that never ends. I will tell you today that that lady is not only free from her bonds, free from the spiritual, mental, emotional, and everything of restitution free, she now teaches ladies how to walk in the presence of God. But we had to be that Naomi to walk in her life. So we come into God's presence with a posture of prayer. That's humility, humbled hearts, not boastful. Paul in Romans 10 says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. 
We must confess with our mouths, believe with our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead after dying for our sins so that we could be saved from condemnation. So if we're looking at Hosea 14, 2, it says, We will offer the calves of our lips. So bull calves were often the ones that were brought for sacrifice. So in other words, we're to offer a sacrifice of our lips. Not lip service, not excuses. Our words must match our talk because actions speak a whole lot louder than our words. But we must offer the words where we're honestly repenting and confessing with our hearts. Not only confessing, but we're also to bring praise, worship, confession, petitions, intercessions. There's so much that scripture says how we can come into the presence of God. So verse 4 through 7, this is God's promise to restore a repented Israel. God saw that Israel had started backsliding. I mean, let's be honest. Until God calls us home and makes us perfect, we're all going to be subject to backsliding. Every one of us. But he promised to heal the backslider. He did not because Israel wasn't deserving at the time. But it is in his nature, his unconditional loving nature, to give that first, second, tenth, one hundredth chance. And I'm so thankful because there's so many that I met in the jail ministry that now I like to sit down and hear them preach. Because the Holy Spirit just surrounds you when you hear them come with that heart that they have truly confessed and experienced God move in their life. But backsliding is not a crime. It is an action, but it's more like a disease of the flesh. That flesh thorn gets us every time. But God is the ultimate physician. He's the ultimate healer, and he is the only one that can heal that disease. It's by those hands of the ultimate physician that growth is restored. And scripture says, he shall grow you. Beauty is restored. Scripture says, he shall grow like the lily. Strength is restored. Scripture says, the length of his roots will be like Lebanon. Value is restored. Scripture says, his beauty shall be like the olives, like the olive trees. Delight is restored. It says his fragrance is like Lebanon. Abundance is restored. It says he will be revived like grain, grow like the vine, and scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Scripture also says that his branches will spread. And this means that God will restore Israel. His people will be blessings to each other. His blessings don't just flow to us. Sometimes they are so abundant that when they hit us, those around us actually catch blessings. There's a spillover. My cup runneth over, and I'm so thankful so many times. Someone's cup has ran over, and I've been right there beside them, you know, because I've caught some of that blessing. In verse 8, it says, Israel is free from idols. So when God's people are healed from backsliding, their focus is put back on the Lord and not on idols. The true fruit of the Spirit is found in the Lord. I don't know about you, but the last time I heard about some gods, little G gods, 
when they went to the grave, they stayed. But the stone rolled away when God said move. The mountain jumped when God said move. The water receded the whole earth when God said now. An idol can only take up space in our lives. So in other words, it just kind of sits there collecting dust. It cannot bring you living, breathing fruit of the Spirit, which is where we want to dwell. So who wants an object just sitting on the on a shelf collecting dust? I don't I'd rather have no shelf than something sitting on the shelf. I heard um, this week, it was actually Thursday while I was here. I had some music if you came in the church. There were many people that were peeking through the church because they were hearing things. And I had my phone Bluetoothed to the speakers. (laughs) And I heard a sermon where they were saying, the universal church has been sitting too long. And sadly to many, it has become that earthly idol. Because our warriors have become watchers. And our watchers need to go back to being kingdom warriors because there's a front line of this battle going. We can step right outside those doors. We can step right outside these doors. And God will bring somebody across our paths that is so gripped in that battle that they're ready to give in. That the enemy is ready to claim that soul. That's why he calls us to speak life into that situation. Because we do have the power to defeat the enemy. When we stand in victory on God's word. That's the key. I've seen many great preachers. But I've also seen nothing happen around them. They can deliver the word. But they don't stand on it. I would much rather be alone standing on the word. Knowing that I'm surrounded and I'm ready for battle. And y'all know me. I got a sword. I should have brought my sword today. I'd be ready to bring battle. Than to stand and somebody know my name. I'm good with not knowing my name. Because like you said this morning, Ms. Wanda, there's going to be a name. We're going to be given a name. That's the name I'm working toward. The one I've got now, y'all know, is quirky. She stumbles over air. I'm good with that. But I'm going to work towards that name. That's my goal. So verse 9 says it it talks about renewing Israel by walking in wisdom. The wise will see the message and understand that God is filled with mercy and offers wonderful opportunities to repent and restore. One of the things I learned in the jail ministry is when you get involved in a ministry like that and you're uncomfortable, the biggest blessing, I'm going to tell you the first time that door locked, I went, where's the panic button? I need to just have my hand on it. Just, just. But the biggest blessing is God gives you the front row seat to the greatest show on earth, and that's restoration and redemption. And when you watch God move in somebody else's life, you will chase him with everything you've got until you turn a corner and you almost think you see the tail of his garment. And then you want to chase him more. But the fool is dangerous, and foolishness invites ignorance. The enemy will twist scripture and make it sound exactly like scripture. So remember that the word in Hebrew means we deserve condemnation. But I looked at forgiveness and forgiveness in Hebrew means pardon. 
In Greek, it means deliverance. You know, after every storm, there's a promise. Every single time, there's a reminder that there's a promise. And at the end of Hosea, there are beautiful words promising God's restoration. It is the fulfillment of God's unfailing love for his faithful people. His grace will always triumph. So as we close today's message, I want you to remember there's beauty in forgiveness. There's beauty that is like a lily that is sweet smelling like cedar. There's the strength of the olive tree. And there's this image of God's unconditional love pouring out. And every time there is a storm and I see rain, I love being on the mountain and watching the storm go across St. Clair County and it's just a small patch and it travels. I can't help but think, man, is that what God's grace looks like as it goes over this house? answering prayers and it goes over this house giving clarity and it goes over this house giving mercy is that what it looks like i sure hope so because it's a beautiful sight but you know israel rejected god many times even though god promised to restore them his love was sweet and refreshing like the dew so this picture of god's forgiveness he doesn't merely erase our sins he restores them and he recreates what was broken and stolen. Second yes. Corinthians five seventeen says, old things have passed away and behold, all become new. Unforgiveness will try to come into our lives, steal the light of hope. But we know that Jesus is always our light of hope. So as we prepare this morning for Holy Communion, I want you to remember that the sacraments are an outward sign of inward grace. And that grace is being received of the in-between. And what I mean by that is we're not just remembering what Jesus has done. We're remembering what he will do and what he is doing. And the communion elements, when I say the in-between, they are the link between the Holy Spirit and ourselves. There's always an in-between. Just like these prayer rails are an in-between. When we come, the Holy Spirit meets us here. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I hope there was something in there that spoke directly to you. I hope there was a, a God wink in there. Uh, but most importantly, I always want to leave you with this last nugget to always speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a positive ripple effect. Because if you don't like what's going on with your community, change starts with you. Until next time, much agape everybody.